It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly, and I promise we're going to have a lot of fun. It will be terrific. I do want to share for a minute or two a few things that I'm learning and thinking about lately. I usually do this every week. As we go through life, it can be very easy to question why certain situations happen to us, or even more specifically, we may ask ourselves, why me? While I don't claim to have all the answers, I do think that a quote by Zig Ziglar seems to address this perfectly, and it's simply this. Sometimes adversity is what you need to face in order to be successful. If you think about it, nothing seems to grow without some resistance applied to it at first. Very often, it's the adversity in our lives that causes us to stretch out of our comfort zones and force us to look for new ways of coping. If you're facing financial issues, it's a perfect opportunity to ask how to either cut debt or make more money. If you're facing relationship issues, it may be a great opportunity to discover why you respond the way you do or why the other person responds the way they do. No matter what the adversity is, the level of thinking that got us there will not be the level of thinking that will solve the issue. So just remember this, sometimes adversity is what you need to face in order to be successful. And before I forget, if you've not picked up my latest book, it's called The Greatest Lessons I Learned from Being an Entrepreneur, Volume 2. It came out a couple of weeks ago where I and some of my friends collaborated to share the greatest lessons we learned from running a business. And lots of topics get addressed. It's on Amazon. The Kindle version is $0.99. Cents. The paperback version is $14.99. And it's available now. Please get it. Leave a review if you like it. And I can't wait for you to read it. My guest this week is Matt Pacheni. Let me tell you about him. He's a real estate investor, Tony Award winner, and author of the number one best-selling book, Backstage Guide to Real Estate. He went from earning less than $8,000 a year as a starving actor to generating half a billion dollars of real estate transactions. In just six years, he's invested over 10,000 apartments nationwide and helped his own clients amass tens of millions of dollars in profit. As a digital marketing veteran for 18 years, he worked with some of the largest advertising agencies, producing award-winning projects for Fortune 500 clients, including Verizon, IBM, and Coca-Cola. And he and his wife have two Tony Awards as co-producers of the Broadway shows Moulin Rouge and American Utopia. They've also invested in many other theatrical productions, including the iconic musicals Hamilton and Wicked. We have a lot to talk about today. I cannot wait to unwrap it all. So here we are with my very special guest, Matt Pacetti. How are you, Matt? Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm doing well. Pleasure to be here. Fantastic. So the question I like to start with is, did you envision early on that you would be where you are right now? Well, it depends how early on you're talking about, but definitely not. Definitely not before I would say about uh, seven years ago, which is when I, I really started to get involved in doing real estate investment full time. Prior to that, yeah, I really would never have guessed that I would be where I am now. Right. So tell us a little bit about your path and how you got here. Sure. I, you know, I grew up in Orlando, Florida, moved to New York 
in the early 90s to pursue a career in theater and was actually a professional actor for for five years. I was in 15 different productions all across the United States, started tinkering around with computers, uh, was just a little something that I was doing in the mid 90s. And instead of uh, waiting tables at the Hard Rock Cafe in between acting gigs, I was actually able to do uh, some HTML coding. Um, and uh, that grew. That was this, These were the big, big heyday uh, of, the, of the dot-com era. And I ended up starting my own little boutique web development agency uh, here in New York City where I live. And uh, had a very good run with that. Uh, until 2001, when the dot-com bubble burst, and uh, I, my business just imploded. Uh, all of my clients either went out of business or were not spending any money on any, on any digital marketing activities. And it just so happened, with the beautiful stroke of luck, that my landlord called me at that time and told me I had 90 days to get out of the apartment that I was living in. So I needed to figure out what I was going to do. I wanted to stay in New York, uh, but how can I get a place to live, you know, with, with, with no job <laughs> and a business that has completely failed? I ended up getting a job at Showtime, the cable television channel. They were a client of mine. They offered me a position in-house, and I found an apartment, uh, but I actually bought the apartment versus renting. Uh, it was way, way in upper Manhattan in the Washington Heights area which was an area in which I could afford. And, uh, and I bought a place. And uh, a little over two years later, I sold that apartment and I saw my initial investment more than quadruple in value. Wow. And that, yeah, that was the wow for me. It was a, it was a big light bulb moment. And in, in one transaction, I made more, I, I was making a decent salary at the time, but in that one real estate transaction, I made more money than a, a year's worth of salary. And I, I wanted to know how I could do that again. Right. And that's what, <laughs> that's what set me on the, on the course to, to, to where I am now. But that was um, something I was very interested in. I started doing real estate as a hobby for for about 10 years and then and i've been doing it full time now for seven absolutely and we will talk a lot about real estate investing throughout the show but i have to ask you you won tony awards as a producer how did that happen for you <laughs> well uh a lot of that has to do with my wife um uh, my wife uh, works full-time in uh the theater world and i uh, I had the acting background. I'm a big fan of the arts and very passionate about it. And once in a while, my wife and I will get together and join forces and uh, get involved in some Broadway musicals. And unfortunately, two of the shows that we've been involved with uh, as, as co-producers are uh, Moulin Rouge mm -hmm. and uh, David Byrne's American Utopia. And both of those uh, received Tony Awards. And so as the producers, if, 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 if the show wins like Best Musical, then as the producers, we get we get Tonys for that. So I always wanted, you know, you asked me about, you know, if I, if I thought I would be where I am uh, when I first started, uh, ever since I was a kid, I always wanted a Tony award. I just thought I would get it for performing on stage. Right. So um, I, I got two as a producer, which I'll take <laughs> still pretty darn good in my book. Oh, so yeah. I'm pretty happy to have those. Yeah. 
Absolutely. No matter what you're doing, you know, if you win a Tony Award, that's that's a big deal, no matter how you earned it, for sure. So you invested in musicals because of your wife's involvement in the industry. Is this something that you still do or would do again? Yeah, I mean, that's something that Erica, that's my wife, and I are, are passionate about. We're, we're, we have some um we have a few shows that we're working on right now that are in you know different levels of, of development. Wow, that's fantastic. Is it anything that we're familiar with or are these shows that are unknown? No, no, nothing that you'd be familiar with yet, but hopefully in a couple of years you'll be familiar with them if they do wow. well. Uh, but yeah, they're, the, most of the support involved in, at, the, at the current moment is pretty early stage. That's fantastic. What would you say is your big mission right now? You know, I am really interested in trying to impact the world in a, in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, uh, you know, running a charity or curing cancer or anything like that. But every deal that I get involved with uh, has to be a win-win situation for me to, to get involved in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means, you know, deals, you know, I, I do 99% of what I do is in the real estate world. And that means deals where, uh, you know, investors are, 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 you know, making money, but doing that in a way that, you know, I, I think the bottom line could be more than just about the almighty dollar. And so we can do well by doing good. So we're also improving the lives of the residents who live in the properties uh, that, that we're, we're buying or building. Uh, and, and we're also trying to create a wonderful environment for the staff who works there. And then, like I said, the, the investors, uh, you know, hopefully these are profitable ventures as well. So, um, that's, that's, what's important to me. You know, you mentioned that I have that book backstage guide to real estate, there's a tagline on it says produce passive income, write your own story and direct your dollars towards positive change. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do. Absolutely. We've got a couple of minutes to our first break. What would you say is the most expensive mistake you've ever made? It can be financial. It doesn't have to be. It can be a time energy thing. It can be something you should have taken advantage of, or it can be something you held on to for too long. But what is the most expensive mistake you think you've ever made? The mistakes that I made, especially when it comes to real estate, I think just has to do with, uh, you know, not getting involved in things that I didn't necessarily know, you know, sort of following my nose, which was how I got involved in, in the beginning it was a little bit more like by instinct. And I had good instincts that kept me away from trouble. Um, but <laughs> sometimes I did get into trouble here and there. And I, I think a lot of those could have been solved with more experience or more education and learning. And that's why I always say, I think one of the most important things to be successful in in any business is is really just making sure that you have a good, solid um, foundational background, you know, educational background. Now, I I don't necessarily mean having to go to a university and getting a degree, but, you know, having some specialized uh, education in the field that you want to be involved in. Fantastic. What do you think is the highest value skill anyone can learn? Uh, That's a good question. Uh, I think that it takes, there's certain things that can be taught and certain things that that can't. Um, 
and I think that we as humans can bring uh, a, 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 because you can teach a robot things too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, especially with automation, things are going more and more in that in that realm. But I think being able to sort of understand and have some humanity and empathy and being able to read people, uh, I think they call it like emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most important skill that um, that th- that we have in terms mm-hmm. of things that you can teach people. I mean, I think you could teach people. Uh, basically anything. I mean, yeah. certain things are are intangible, though. Fantastic. And we're coming up against our break. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Matt Pacheney, and we're going to talk about real estate when we come back. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Residents of Alligator Point, Florida, discovered a 400-pound Gabberlunzi bear raiding their garbage. They called the local wildlife authorities. The officers came out and shot the bear with a tranquilizer dart in order to move him. Unexpectedly, the frightened bear swam out into the water, where it started to drown as the tranquilizer began taking effect. Adam Warwick, an officer from the Wildlife Commission, jumped into action, swimming towards a juggernaut bear, while the other officers tried to figure out how to rescue both of them. Adam was somehow able to grab the bear and paddle 25 yards to the shore, saving the bear's life. The bear was then loaded on a truck and transported back to its home in the forest. What's the word for a last-minute attempt to get something done? A charrette. It's marching Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is... Matt Pacheni, and we're going to talk about his book shortly called Backstage Guide to Real Estate, Produce Passive passive Real Estate or Passive Income, Write Your Own Story, and Direct Your Dollars Toward Positive Change. But first of all, let's lay some foundations. Real estate investing is certainly a great way to build wealth. Some people do very well at it. A lot of people fail for many, many reasons. But what would you say to people who are afraid to get in the game or who have been burned before and don't want to try again? Well, um, I think you hopefully you learn from your mistakes, right? Yeah. For, for those who have been burned in the past, I know that I've we talked on it, touched on it just before the break, where 
look, I've made mistakes, but those were great. It was a great education and I learned what to look out for. Right. So I think that that, that, you know, our failures uh, or mistakes that we've made in the past can be wonderful opportunities to inform ourselves and educate us on, on things for the future. If you've never gotten involved in the game, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's worth a look, you know, I mean, real estate has been generating, uh, you know, great returns for investors since uh, just about the dawn of time. So mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely like a tried and true way of building and, and then ultimately retaining wealth. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you don't have it in your portfolio, then uh, you may be missing out on, on something that number one is, has stood the test of time. And number two can have tremendous tax benefits that go along with it that mm-hmm. some other investments don't have. So that's one of the things that people really love about real estate. Um, so I, I think they say, there's an old saying, I'm going to butcher it, but it's like, you know, when's the best time to invest in real estate mm-hmm. 10 years ago? Right. <laughs> when's the second best time to invest in real estate now? Right. Um, and I, I know things that, as right now, you know, we're in a position where interest rates are on their way up. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, 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 Maybe we're on the brink of of a recession. Some people say we are. Some people say it's coming. Uh, I don't really know. I don't have a crystal ball, but I do know that longer term, uh, real estate. Uh, if you if you're buying property correctly and you have some good cash flow, you're able to ret- uh, you know um, you have enough buffer in there so that you can ride out when there are dips in the market and, and, you know, if you're going into a dip, that might be a really good time. You might be able to get something at a discount. Right. Exactly. So let's talk about finding deals that aren't available to the general public. A lot of people will look on realtor.com or they might talk to an investor friend who thinks they have the hot tip and they don't know any more than anybody else. But how do you find really good deals that aren't available to the general public? Yeah, so I'm I'm involved in something called real estate syndication, mm. and and what a syndicate is it's it's a private group uh, that has as pooling their equity together to get a property. You know, I, look, I always wanted to go. I started off in the single family world and was con- growing and growing my business and the the types of projects, and I got to a point where I just didn't have enough money in my pocket to, you know, write a $3 million check uh, as a down payment on a large apartment complex. And there's not a lot of people who can do that. Right. But I found that if I could find, you know, 20, 30, 40 people who all wanted to write checks of maybe 50000 to to 100000 all of a sudden we could pool enough money together to, to write a $3 million equity check, right? And, mm-hmm. and get these otherwise unobtainable assets. And that's, that's done through real estate syndication. Um, and what it allows investors to do is get these these otherwise obtainable assets and do it in a way it's a little bit more Main Street than than Wall Street. I mean, you could invest in in a REIT or you know a publicly traded company that that does real estate investment, but that's a little bit more of sort of a retail project yeah. where you know if, if you can get things on the private equity side, it's really more like buying wholesale. Yeah. So. Um, that is uh, the thing that I'm interested in. And it's not available to the general public. Uh, you have to have a relationship um, with 
these these private um, syndications, the, the people who are running these syndications, they call them sponsors, to even know about the deals because they're ninety nine percent of the time they're they're not you know widely advertised. Yeah. Do you have to work through a real estate agent to get deals like this, or is it better not to? Or do you have an opinion on that? Well, as an investor in these deals, so uh, just to, just a little background, I. Two-thirds of my real estate portfolio or deals that I invest in like this, just a limited partner, I, I just invest in somebody else runs that deal. Um, and then one-third of my portfolio, which is the, that, that third is almost 4,000 units, I am the sponsor. So I am running that deal, and I'm actively involved in that deal um, in both cases. You do not need to be a you know a real estate agent or a broker. You, you don't have to. You don't even go through them. You would go directly to the sponsor, and and ninety nine percent of the time that sponsor does not even have a real estate license. I I happen to have one, but yeah, I don't practice. Uh, you know, I'm not like a, a real estate agent or broker, anything like right. that. Right. Yeah, and you know, investing in real estate does have a lot of tax advantages. So what are some of the tax advantages that real estate offers that people might not know about or don't even really think about? Well, the biggest tax advantage is depreciation, which allows you to and now I'm going to uh, let me let me start off by saying I'm not a CPA and everyone's tax situation is different and you should consult your tax person. I'm not giving any tax advice, but um, in most cases, uh, when you buy uh, a real estate investment property, you're able to depreciate that property over over the lifetime that, that you have that property. And what that means is if you're buying properly, you're getting cash flow like we've talked about before. That cash flow is coming in. That's coming into your pocket. But the depreciation, which is a, a loss on paper, that paper loss offsets the income that you're getting. So you're essentially not paying taxes on that income as you're getting it. Now, at the end, when you do sell the property, there is a thing called depreciation recapture. But in the vast majority of the the situations that I've seen, uh, it's a better tax situation for that investor to pay the depreciation recapture versus paying, you know, uh, ordinary income that they would get taxed uh, during uh, their uh, investment holding. So it, it, and also you're not paying those taxes for many, 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 many years. So hopefully you're, you're using that money that would go to pay taxes and you can reinvest that, you know, sort of like some of your uh, listeners may know of a 1031 exchange A 1031 exchange does not eliminate taxes. It just pushes them to a further event, to a further date, and you can that allows you to use the full amount of capital gains that you have to invest. And so, the more you can retain, so you can reinvest it and reinvest it, mm-hmm. it allows you to have uh, more profits. Yeah. Do you in a ten thirty one exchange? You have to you have to obviously invest in another real estate transaction, right? But does it have to be the same kind of real estate traction or tra- transaction or can be different? Uh, it has to be rental real estate. So you can do rental real estate to rental real estate. And there's a lot of rules around the 1031. You have to identify the, ex- the property you're exchanging for within 45 days. You have to work with a qualified intermediary. There's a, there's a lot of different things that you have to do. And that's a separate thing than the, than, than the depreciation. But 
1031 is, is, a, is a situation in which if you sell a property and you have a large tax burden, you can sort of kick the can down the road. And there's other ways to do that. You know, there's opportunity zones right now, which I love because, as we talked earlier, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm very much into, you know, trying to create win-win situations for, for everybody involved in, in my deals, whether it's the residents or the investors. And um, opportunity zones are actually improving communities, um, mm-hmm. and you get a tremendous tax benefit where capital gains tax that you might have now gets deferred, but any uh, appreciation on that asset, as long as you hold it for 10 years, um, can be uh, tax-free. Mm. <laughs> That's an incredible, yeah. incredible tax savings uh, opportunity. I love that. So creating passive income opportunities is really important. In fact, Robert Kiyosaki says that you're not really financially free until your passive income outweighs the amount of expenses that you have on a monthly basis. So we are so trained in our society to trade time for dollars. How do we break free of that? <laughs> yeah, my my book um, goes, it, it, it tells my journey from like knowing nothing about real estate to being where I am. And I share these keystone concepts that I learned along the way. And keystone mm. concept number one is don't trade your time for money. So it's just, uh, it, it, it's really poignant. And that really came to me from that Kiyosaki book, mm-hmm. Sad Poor Dad. And I, I do think that uh, that's the whole, you know, my, my whole, uh, I guess, MO, if you will, in, in my business and what I try to help people do is create multiple streams of, of passive income. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that is one of the best things that you can do for yourself from a financial perspective Absolutely. Uh, is, is create ways to have that money coming in, you know, and literally while you're sleeping and you need to do, you need to do work. You need to, you need to get the education up front so that you can vet these deals and make sure that they're the right type of investment so you understand the risk in they're involved. Mm-hmm. But um, if you get involved in the right deals, you can have literally money coming in while you're doing nothing. Fantastic. We've got about a minute to our break. What do you believe are a couple of the greatest differences between a good investment and a bad investment? Well, I look at you know all of my deals really through through a lens of 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 three things and 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 whether it's in real estate or not I can change these a little bit mm-hmm. uh, but I'll speak to them specifically to real estate I want to look at first and foremost who is the person running the deal so you know in a syndicated real estate investment that's going to be the sponsor what have they done what's their track record how do I know them do I have the same values with them are we aligned from that perspective all those kinds of things are really okay. important you know great we are coming up against a break. We can certainly finish answering this when we come back, as I want to know, and so do the rest of uh, my listeners. So we'll come right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us after the break. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? 
Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.briankwright.com for more information. Once again, that's briankwright.com. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Matt Pacheni and his book is called Backstage Guide to Real Estate, Produce Passive Income, Write Your Own Story, and Direct Your Dollars Toward Positive Change. And before the break, I asked him, how do you tell the difference between good investments and bad investments? There are three things. He discussed the first, you have to know who's running the deal. What are the other two things that you lean on to decide whether a deal's good or not? So when it comes to the real estate, I'm looking at the market. So where is the property located? What's going on in that market? Uh, you know, are, are we seeing employment growth there? Are we seeing high crime rates? You know, um, what housing prices look like? How many people are renters? What's the demographic information? How many people have a, a high school diploma? How many people have gone to college? Uh, what's the median household income? Much, lots of different things around the market. And then I look at the deal itself. Okay, so what's the deal? We're buying a property that was built in 1980, and now I grew up in the 80s, and I love them. I don't want my place to look like that. The place looks like it was built in 1980, uh, so we were going to go ahead and give it a facelift. We're going to do some uh, whole new paint scheme. We're going to renovate the hallways and the lobbies and the pool and new pool furniture and the interiors of the units, all those things. So that's the the property itself. So, you know, just to sum it up, the who's running the deal, what's going on in the market, and, and then the actual deal itself, the business plan. Absolutely. Another reason why real estate is a great investment is because you can save your money from losing its value to inflation. And we're seeing a lot of that going on now. The three things I can think of right off the top, and you can add if you want, it's the appreciation of the property, although you can't count on that, the depreciation, which we've already talked about because there are tax advantages, and cash flow if there is any. So the property value can theoretically not change, but if you can cash flow, you're money ahead already, right? Yeah, agreed. And, you know, the other thing is uh, you know, if you have a property and you have a tenant in there, whether this is a single family or there's a million unit complex, uh, those those residents are, you know, hopefully you have a cash flow property, they're mm -hmm. paying off your debt. 
So the amount yeah. of debt that you owe on the property is going down every month, right? And right. if we do have inflation, the value of your dollar coming less every day right. and being able to pay off that mortgage over 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now, it, the, that dollar is worth less. So you're actually paying, uh, you're borrowing today's dollar, but you're paying it off of the future when the dollar's worth less. Right. So it's actually a really cool inflation hedge real estate. And, you know, and uh, right now with inflation being at ridiculous highs, um, I think having the, your money in cash, whether it's, you know, in a bank or, or uh, under your mattress, um, can, can be a dangerous thing because inflation is eroding at it. I think if you're invested in some sort of asset, and look, I love real estate. There's other things you can invest in, but if you're invested in some other like real asset, as the prices of those assets go up, as inflation goes up, the, the, the asset prices will go up too. So it helps kind of at least keep you even with inflation. Right. For sure. Let's also talk about investing in a socially conscious way so that your money's making a positive difference. What does that look like for you? I, I assume that you have some favorite causes that you like to make sure that your money is going to as you're making it. Well, yeah, I mean, I do uh, I do charitable uh, contributions and, and actually contribute my time to causes that I think are worthwhile. But um, for me, I, it goes deeper than that. I, I want every deal that I'm invested in to be a win-win. And, and that's a little bit about, you know, sort of the tagline for the book with that direct your dollars towards positive change. I mean, I, I, I'm not running a charity, but, but everything that I do does help the, the people in the properties. I, I think you can do well by doing good and that the bottom line can be about more than just a dollar. So we try to invest in deals where we're able to make a positive impact on the community. We'll do things like um, a lot of different things to, to, to build a community at the property. Uh, one of our properties, we just did this morning a, uh, a breakfast uh, where we had a thing as people are going out the door, leaving the complex, we were giving out breakfast sandwiches. Um, mm. Thanksgiving's coming up. Every year we always give away turkeys to residents. Yeah. Uh, we've done things with face painting and bouncy castles for the kids. Uh, but we're always looking to, to find ways to create community, make people uh, enjoy the place that they're living. And we work with tenants when they have problems. Sometimes people fall on hard times. I mean, even before COVID, but especially during COVID, the people went through some rough times there. And we uh, worked with our residents to help them be able to stay in their apartments. And like I said, again, it's not a charity. And, and we did, there is a profit motive here, but right. you know, it, it, it's smart business to have your residents happy and, and have them stay at the property. Those turn costs, when you're turning over a unit, those are one of the most expensive costs you can have. Right, exactly. We talked about syndication a while ago and the value of being in a syndication because uh, not everyone has $3 million lying around like you talked about. If you could put in 50000 or 100000 or whatever you have. But let's talk about how you decide whether you want to be involved in a syndicate deal or not, what are the things that you consider? Obviously, I mean, you talked about, you know, what is the deal? Where's the market? Who's running the deal? Are there other things that you consider when you're talking about a syndication? Well, I'm looking at those three 
pillars. I actually have a thing on my website where, where I go into more, it's a free download where I go into more detail on the, the, the market, the deal and, and the sponsor themselves. But th- those are the things that I'm looking at. I mean, th- those will tell me everything I need to, whether it's a, a syndication or something that just a friend of mine is putting together, you know? Um, right. Yeah. Fantastic. So when people talk about renovating or upgrading their homes, I mean, you see all these HGTV shows and of course we can, you know, debate whether those shows are realistic, if they help or they hurt. (laughs) (laughs) But if someone had a home that needed to be fixed up and you had a limited budget, where would you start? I would imagine the kitchen and the bathroom are probably the two most important things you need to worry about first. Am I right about that? Well, I wrote a whole article that just was published last week, uh, last month, sorry, for the American Apartment Owners Association, talking about doing upgrades and, and why they can be great for an investment property. You know, I, to, to, to answer your questions about the, the kitchen and the bath, I, my question, I, I would, I would want to find out what the person's goal is. Uh. Because putting money into just your kitchen or your bath, and, and again, I'm not like a real, uh, residential real estate agent. I, I'm licensed to do that. But, you know, you're not going to get your money back from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even on an, an appraisal, I mean, unless it's a, even if it's a total gut job, I, I don't think you're going to see the increase in value. Um, but it can help. Well, number one, you know, I would say do it if, if you don't like your path or your kitchen and you're living there. You want to make those upgrades. Um, but then number two, it can really help with the curb appeal of your property. You know, some buyers don't want to, you know, a lot of buyers, especially if it's a family, you know, family, they don't want to necessarily like buy a house and then have to move in and do all the renovations. So I think it's going to help, you know, the, the curb appeal or the, the saleability of your property. But in terms of like dollars and cents, when it comes to an appraisal, they they do they mark it uh, they mark down whether um, you know the condition of being like good you know bad good excellent but it's not going to be that it's going to cost you a lot more to do the renovation so like if you're thinking of selling your property and um, you know you're trying to debate on whether you should spend thirty grand to redo your kitchen or not. Um, you're probably not going to get that 30 grand back. You might get 10 of it back mm-hmm. for 15. But, right. Um, yeah. yeah. If it's a quick flip, uh, you're not going to get your money back in the short term. If you're, if you're renting it out and hoping to get some cash flow back out of it, then in the long run, you might get it back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's one of the things that I, that I go into in the, in, in, in that article I was referring to, because the thing is, an investment property is looked at very differently. And the interesting thing about the investment property is without getting too into the weeds, the increase in income that you might get gets um, multiplied by a factor essentially. So what happens is if you increase your rent by, let's say I'm going to make this up and be a little arbitrary here. Let's say you get an extra hundred dollars a month. So you're getting an extra $1,200 per year, um, you know, and then, and then let's assume that that property 
is in uh, a market. I know this is going to get a little into the weeds technical, but let's say it's a five cap market. Um, right. What would happen is that increase in income actually increases the value of the property by $24,000. Hmm. So if you can spend $20,000 renovating your rental uh, to a standard that would get you $100 more a month in rent, then you're, you're actually – $4,000 in profit right away, just based on the increase in value on the property. Wow, instantly. that's great. Plus, you're getting the extra 100 a month, so you have yeah. to add that in, too. So right. it can be great. Now, if you have to spend $60,000 to get the $100 a month uh, increase, then obviously it's not worth it. Exactly. We've got about two minutes to our last break. So let's say that you're hiring a property manager and let's say that you're not local. How how do you navigate that? Because that can be tricky. It can be really, really difficult. But, you know, the best thing that you can do, same thing with with sponsors on a deal, is if you can get a recommendation from somebody that you know that's successful in, in, in real estate, that, that's, that is really the best way to do it uh, in terms of getting property managers. Um, you know, the other way I've had success is uh, talking with, um, with brokers about property managers and real estate agents about mm-hmm. property managers, not just one person, because one person might be friends with another person first in business. But if I'm talking with brokers in an area and 80% of them tell me to talk to Joe's property management. Well, then you know I'm talking with Joe's property management because it seems like everyone's recommending them, and there may be a reason for that. Um, but yeah. the best thing is if I can talk with an investor who uses Joe's property management, interview them, find out you know what they're like, and then the other thing is go and meet with the people and go and visit some of the properties they manage already. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing to do. Also, I mean, I think the second but best thing is the that is the referral. But it, it, it's good to go visit it, see it in person, mm-hmm. even if it is out of state, just one time to to, to, right. to understand who they are and what they're about. Great. We got about 30 seconds until the end, and uh, I'm just so happy and grateful that you're here. And the name of the book is Backstage Guide to Real Estate, Produce Passive Income, Write Your Own Story, and Direct Your Dollars Toward Positive Change. We will be back with Matt Pacini after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will return on the other side. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Oh, 
that only 2% of Americans say they're in a good mood every day. I guess that's why there are so many psychiatrists and psychologists out there. Most people go to a psychiatrist to get away from the molly grubs and to get in a better mood. They're striving for eudaimonia. That's the state of being happy and getting pleasure out of everyday things. Have you ever been in a meeting and just when you were about to present your idea, someone else speaks up lickety-will and beats you to it? It's as if they stole your thoughts. There's actually a word for the feeling someone is stealing your thoughts. It's called neukleptia. At least going to psychiatrists allows us to correct our faults by confessing our parents' shortcomings. It's Martin. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. We are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Matt Pichani, and his book is called Backstage Guide to Real Estate. Produce passive income, write your own story, and direct your dollars toward positive change. What made you decide to write that book? You know, I was running a group uh, where uh, of, of for investors. Uh, we had a, a, a monthly meeting, you know, it was just, a, it was like a free club kind of thing that we had put together. We started it on meetup.com actually. And uh, people would come and they were all investors uh, in real estate or, or were interested in investing in real estate. And a lot of the people had, you know, local investments. So, you know, maybe they had a single family or a duplex or something, you know, local. What I wanted to do was sort of expand people's mindset a little bit mm-hmm. because I had been investing and having good success investing out of state and investing in multifamily properties. So as um, I continued to do this and, you know, I would talk, but most of the time I would bring in different speakers, specialists talking about this topic or that topic, all around sort of this multifamily real estate investment space. Uh, people started thinking, hey, maybe this is a good idea, and reaching out to me and say, hey, Matt, look, I, I, you run the meetup. I know you do this as an investor only, and I know you also run your own deals. Uh, I'm thinking about investing in you know, this deal in you know, Dallas. Should I invest in it? What do you think? And I'd say, hey, listen, I'm not going to tell you if you should invest in a deal or not, mm-hmm. but I'm happy to sit down with you and look through the underwriting with you and and point out if there's anything that I might, you know, think might be, you know, that you might want to question. Right. And that was fun. Like, I really enjoyed doing it. But as that group grew and grew, <laughs> more and more people were asking me to do this. And it was starting to take up a lot of my time. And it's not something that can be done, you know, in a 30-minute session. I would go and meet people and sit down for an hour or two. And, you know, it just, it was taking up too much time. I didn't get compensated for it, which I was fine with doing. I love helping people out, but um, I needed to figure out a way to make it take less time. And so I decided to write down all the things that keep coming up that I keep talking with people about. Yeah. Um, and I, I put together what was like a pamphlet, like a book, like a little mini book about, it was about 80 pages and it was the most 
boring thing <laughs> you've <laughs> ever seen in your entire life. I mean, reading it was like chewing cardboard. It was just, it was really dry, really dense, like good information in there. If you're like really, really into real estate, you might like it, but it was just too dense. And it, it was really written for somebody who's like a busy professional um, who just wants to know like what things to look out for. What I decided to do to make it easier to read is is extend that out and and really take all the information that's in there, but explain to the reader like why it's important, how I learned that. Mm-hmm. And that's what became the book, Backstage Guide to Real Estate, which takes investors on that journey. So it's really fun because I have this really eclectic background. I have some really interesting stories. I try to inject as much human as yeah. sorry, as much humor as possible into this book so that it it makes for an easy read for people to kind of follow along. So that that was that was how I uh, came up with the idea to to write it. Great. What do you think is the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Because people listening might think, well, he's done this and he's successful and I don't know if I can be. So I'm sure you've made a a few mistakes along the way. What's your most memorable or biggest mistake and how'd you recover from it in real estate? Yeah. Um, I, I, I've made a lot of missteps. The thing that I've tried to do is surround myself with, with experts Mm -hmm. who know what they're doing, which has, I think, you know, allowed me to make less mistakes. Um, because I have people who've sort of been, been doing it for a while. It was something that I was doing, I guess, just kind of impulsively by instinct and later realized that I was doing that and always try to now surround myself with a council of experts. One of the things I recommend to people in the book to, to surround yourself with people who've done this kind of stuff before. I've, you know, underestimated, you know, the, the biggest thing is underestimating rehab costs mm-hmm. um, or, or not knowing how to underwrite, you know, first, first real investment that I bought that wasn't my primary house, uh, but but my first investment property was a property that I never intended to be a rental property when I first Mm -hmm. bought it, but that's exactly what it became. And it it was a, it was a raw piece of land when I bought it. And then I built a house on it and it it was available for rent ever since it was done being built. But um, I never underwrote it for that because that's not what I thought about. And, and the, that, that property I loved and I had it for many years. I no longer own it. Um, it was great that I had it, but it was always something that I was having to, you know, I, I would barely break even every month or I would, I mean, excuse me, every year, or, or I would lose a little bit of money every year, but I was paying down the debt. So it was kind of a wash all in, um, but it took up a lot of time yeah. and a lot of energy which is one of the re- you know, one of the biggest takeaways from that was that I didn't want to manage my own properties. Yeah, you know, I I manage the assets, I oversee the property manager, but dealing with all the residents and all the contracts and all the negotiations and all of that stuff uh, is not necessarily the best and highest use of my time. So mm-hmm. I like to spend my time looking for new deals and and hire the best in class property managers to 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 do that kind of management of the property. Yeah, I had a rental property one time and I it was in a market that was about 45 minutes away from where I was living. And so I didn't know who the property managers were, but I was at the 
post office and there was a lady wearing a t-shirt that indicated that she was a property manager. And so I talked with her and we decided that we would work together. And she says, I have ways of promoting the property. Well, about a month or six weeks later, there was still no one in my, in my house. She hadn't found a renter. And I said, what are you doing to promote? And she was being really, really, really vague. And then she finally admitted that she placed an ad in the newspaper, which came out every other week. And she finally admitted that's all she was doing. I said, I could have done that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Vet your property managers first. Ask them what they do. If they're being vague, run, 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 run. (laughs) That's a good tip. Yeah, absolutely. So in your experience, whether in real estate or not, what do you think separates the most successful people from everyone else? Persistence. Yeah. I've had... Uh, you know, in that book, I share a bunch of stories about how a persistence has helped me not in real estate, but in other things in life. But and it's also come through in real estate as well. That is, um, I think, really important. Um, continuing to persevere. Um, Julie Andrews mm. is, is attributed with saying that um, su- success is is. Um, falling down 19 times and getting up on the 20th, wow. you know, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, it, it's important to, uh, I, like I said, you know, like you said, anywhere in life to just keep on, uh, keep on keeping on, <laughs> don't get discouraged when things get hard, when you're trying to achieve goals. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to syndicate a real estate deal of my own. I've mm-hmm. done many now, but like you know, at one point I hadn't done any, mm-hmm. and it took me two years to get my first mm-hmm. deal uh, that I could syndicate. And I wow. just, I mean, I almost gave up a couple of times, but I didn't. Thank goodness, was able to persevere through that, push through that, um, and I and I had a lot of failures along the way, putting in offers, and getting outbid, or just not having the broker believe that I can close on this deal because I'd never done something of that size. And eventually, I got to the point where I, I did have the confidence of the broker and the underwriting made sense and we bought the property. And, and now many years later, we did very well on that. Our investors are happy. But you know, having that persistence and continuing to push forward and push forward allowed me to get that deal. And then and then I got another, and you know, I, I you know, it, it wasn't an overnight success. It takes time. You know, most people's yeah. uh, successes are, are, are things that that take time, and and persistence is really important. Yeah. What do you think has surprised you the most about being in the real estate industry, in the investment industry? Um, I, I don't. I'm not even sure. I mean, I. I um, I, I'm not even sure how to answer the question. I don't know that there's anything in particular that has, has stood out to me as a as a massive surprise. Did, did um, it surprise you that it that it took you so long to get your first syndicated deal? Were you expecting it to happen faster? Well, I'll tell you, yeah. It, it, you know, it's funny because there's a Tony Robbins quote. I'm not a Tony Robbins guy. I mean, I'm nothing against the guy. I'm just not like a big Tony Robbins guy. But I've heard this quote many times, and I, and I would say that this did surprise me. So, so hit, the quote is something along the lines of most people underestimate, overestimate. Mm-hmm. Most people overestimate what they can do in one year, but underestimate what they could do in 10. 
Yeah. And I will tell you that when I first started this journey of really wanting to do real estate investment full time, which was seven years ago, I never would have thought that it would take me, you know, essentially two years on the sponsorship side to get, you know, my first deal. I've been doing, I, during that time I was passively investing. Um, but also I don't know that I would have thought that within seven years I'd have, you know, close to 4,000 units. Right. Uh, that I, that I'm a you know general yeah. partner on. Yeah, we've, so, got, we've got two <laughs> minutes to the end. So okay. I would love to ask you what advice would you have to someone who's getting started in this industry right now? Yeah. So it's uh, the two, three things, right? Two we already touched on, which is persistence and making sure that you get educated, which leaves, which might leaves what must be, what might be the most important, which is relationships. Yes. This business is all about relationships. And I can go back into every single deal that I've done, including the one that took me two years to get. But over those two years, I was developing a relationship with someone who I was able to get the property from. So, you know, building those relationships is, is key to success. Perfect. As we're winding down, how can we find you? How can we try with you and vibe with you? Oh, well, just go to my website. It's Pacheni.com. It's P like in Peter, I-C-H-E-N-Y.com. And there I've got tons of information. There's a free uh, resource that you can download right there on the homepage about how to, you know, vet syndications. There's also a monthly newsletter that has lots of, you know, it's free and it has lots of good information in there. And there's a blog that has real estate articles. It's just Go, awesome. go check out the website. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Matt, thanks for being here. You were terrific. I appreciate you. Oh, thanks for having me on. All right. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Join me every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever, learn what they did, what they overcame, and the lessons we could learn along the way. Until then, take care, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.